Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Connections. I'm your host, Seth Weiner, your Rockshineer. Uh, this is our debut, so uh, thank you all for joining us. Insights with innovators uh, here in the Atlanta area. We're talking to nonprofits today. Uh, I want to welcome everybody. I want to welcome Kathy Parlato, ladies and gentlemen. Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hi, everybody. Now, Kathy, uh, you grew up in Atlanta. Uh, just a quick little bio of Kathy, if you will. She grew up in Atlanta. Uh, she's traveled all the way to the West Coast and back, uh, living in Colorado, living in California. Um, and you've been involved with nonprofits for many, many years. Uh, and currently, you're here in Atlanta working with the Waldorf School of Atlanta. You are their development and marketing director. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's How great to be back in my, my hometown and uh, serving the community that um, I, I grew up in. So it's, it's a very cool experience to come full circle and land back in Atlanta in such a great time in this city. And an interesting time nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's coffee you know, connection. So uh, I've got my coffee mug here. Uh, <laughs> this is my, uh, my son gave me this. And I, I don't know if he gave it to me because it was uh, his way of saying that I'm just okay. Or if it's his way of saying, hey, dad, I got your sense of humor. <laughs> well, I definitely think that you are more than an okay dad. You are a stellar dad. Well, so. thank you. What, what are you drinking out of? I've got a, uh, a little coffee cup that um, says we are all born superstars, something, a little handmade piece of pottery that I bought in the, the Keys with some friends. So, Well, I'm glad you don't put your yeah. keys in it and you put coffee in it. That's right. But not now, good for a key-flavored coffee. <laughs> so... Coffee, before we get into anything else, I need to know, French press or drip? Mmm, depends. Every day I do drip, but if I'm on, around the campfire, I like to do the uh, boletti. Okay, okay. And iced or hot? Definitely hot. And final question, dark, medium, where do you go? The darker, the better. All right. <laughs> so um, I want to start off by having you talk a little bit about the Waldorf School of Atlanta, what the, their sure. mission is, and just uh, yeah, tell everyone that's watching a little bit about Waldorf. Sure. Um, the Waldorf School was founded in 1986. So um, it's we've got over 30-something years of experience educating children in Atlanta. We're the only Waldorf School here in Atlanta, which is pretty awesome. Um, there are over a 1,000 Waldorf Schools in worldwide. So it's actually 1200 Waldorf schools worldwide. It was a movement that was started over a hundred years ago. We actually celebrated our centennial anniversary of worldwide Waldorf education um, in 2019. So uh, we are now 101 years old as Waldorf education where the Waldorf School of Atlanta has 34 years of Waldorf education um, here in Atlanta and Decatur. Um, so we usually have around 250 families um, all very engaged, actually 250 children, um, all very engaged uh, folks who want to serve the school and be part of the school. It's not just a place that you send your, your kids to school. Um, you show up to work days, you volunteer your time, you go camping with other, other families. And so it's, it's a very involved and, and special community. Um, the pedagogy, the type of education is really interesting in the sense that um, it's it's not just a cookie cutter type of education. 
they they teach to the child and their individual development. So you might have seen some of the stuff around town um, or on you know on the internets about uh, childhood first. So essentially, that statement means that no matter what we're doing, we put childhood first, um, the development of the child first and foremost in front of everything. So not to do testing and all, all the things that take away from childhood. Um, we, we consider, intentionally consider technology testing, um, when to teach reading, um, how to structure classes. So um, it's a very intentional type of education that I find um, my son goes to water school. So I, I find as a parent, it feels really good to put your child in a place that is very supportive and it looks at your child as who they are and where they need to be. Um, and it, it takes them where they need to be, um, not just educationally, but um, on a social basis, um, emotionally. Um, and also we spend a lot of time outside. So. Uh, absolutely. And uh, I will say my son uh, is in your son's class. So that's uh, <laughs> always, a, always a nice thing. Um, but speaking of classes, before we get into fundraising or any of that sort of stuff, mm. because obviously as your auctioneer, I love talking about fundraising. Uh, but I'm very curious though, um, the school is going through such an interesting transition. They're one of the only schools here in Atlanta that's gonna be opened and they're doing outdoor classrooms. Can you talk a little bit about what changes Waldorf's, uh, people, people can look at and see what Waldorf's gonna be doing uh, in this uh, upcoming semester? Absolutely. Um, I think we are uniquely positioned to provide an outdoor education. I mean, that's something, it's one of our, our core qualities of keeping childhood first is um, getting these children out and experiencing their bodies and experiencing their um, themselves socially out when they're playing and teaching them out in the glade. So we've got six acres um, in the city of Decatur and we've got this lovely glade. We've got a few different playgrounds. Um, we've got three different buildings, so we won't be using those as much. We're gonna be, we have eight outdoor classrooms, so very large tents in set up different places around our six acres um, that are set up with um, places to sit and desks and a whole learning environment. So each classroom is designated for each grades class. So we've got grades one through eight. Um, and they're gonna be spending different parts of their day, but the majority of the day in those outdoor classrooms um, doing what they do inside, but it's just gonna be on an outdoor, um, in the outdoor classroom. So it's really awesome that we don't have to, I mean, they'll still be doing the typical things about um, wearing masks, keeping social distancing and all that, those kind of things yeah. going. But I think it's super cool that we're able to start um, in that environment and uh, we'll see how it goes. But I know that campus has been a buzz the past. Yeah. <laughs> Is that because they're outside and there's bees? What do you mean a buzz? Well, we do have some hives. So yes, we have hives, we have gardens. Um, how many kids yeah. uh, can do you expect in a class? Is there a cap? Um, there will be, so the safety regulations that we're putting in now um, with COVID-19, um, we're there's gonna have groups of 12. So each class may have more. Then 12, I think one of our, uh, I think it's uh, sixth grade, uh, one of the either fifth or sixth grade has 24 children, um, but that's wow. a group that stayed together. So their, their uh, constitution is strong, um, but essentially they're gonna break that class into two pods so that one may be inside, one may be in their outdoor classroom. Um, mm -hmm. our, our grade, uh, second grade, for example, we will have 10 class, 10 students. And so uh, okay. they will stay in one educational pod um and stay yep. together 
And what, what's to happen if uh, someone gets COVID, if a teacher gets COVID or one of the students, et cetera? That's a great, great question. I was just on a call last week and um, it is amazing the amount of work that our, uh, our faculty, our administration, um, everybody has done to prepare for answer how to answer those questions um, and how to hopefully avoid that. Um, we're, we're asking the community to step up in a lot of ways and still, so if every family can maintain their, their safety protocols of wearing masks um, while out in public, keeping social distancing. So essentially being mindful on their, their lives outside of school. Um, and then so that when you come to school, you know that you're, you're pretty safe. Um, so if somebody does get, uh, get COVID, basically the classes will go. That's one of the reasons for the educational pods. That class will go into remote learning and we're set up to just kind of mm -hmm. seamlessly transition into remote learning. That class will go to, into remote learning and we'll do that for about quarantine time. So two, two weeks or, or mm -hmm. uh, however it's determined that it's safe to come back to school. But the other children will and other classes and teachers will stay in school. So we're hoping that it won't pull the whole school. It'll just be one small group of people. Or none. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Really, yeah. really hope so. And I imagine a lot of the parents are are, are working hard to keep their um, exposure down as well, uh, mm -hmm. being such a tight knit community. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, that's one of the things that this has uh, demonstrated to me is that we're all so connected. Um, and, and you wouldn't imagine that a cough or a sneeze shows that we're all connected. But, you know, you think of out in the world and how this, this whole thing has been transmitted and it's like, we are all connected. So, you know, my actions affect your, you know, your health and safety. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, putting that on the positive light, we all have a responsibility to keep each other safe. Um, yeah. So. Wow. It sounds like you guys have been really busy. <laughs> I mean, just, just, uh, I, there's so many questions that come to mind and, uh, how, so it's, it's yeah, I'm just amazed that the work that, uh, has been done to make this happen. I know my son is super excited about the banquet tent and learning. Yeah. Uh, are they on regular desks and chairs or is it totally different like Waldorf style, uh, you know, wooden and you know, kind of. <laughs> yeah, totally wooden. Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure what the, I haven't seen the the seating arrangement from, from the outdoor classrooms. Um, mm -hmm. I can imagine it's wooden chairs. That's what we have um, inside the class in in each classroom inside the building. Um, but when yeah. I can share that with you and you know, I can share it with this group or uh, up on the Waldorf face, Facebook page. Um, once I get, I'm going to do a work day. Uh, I think it's Thursday morning. So I think we'll be, I don't know if we're putting together the chairs and those outdoor classrooms uh, on Thursday morning, but I'll see what I can capture for you guys. All right. Yeah. You do that. And then what about um play? I mean, the kids there, one of the biggest things is running around and playing. I mean, most schools have recess, but recess is a subject at Waldorf, which is amazing. Um, you know, these kids are running and getting outdoors and they're playing tag and you're just climbing trees, etc. Right. Are they going to be wearing masks this whole time when, or when they're playing tag? Are they going to be playing tag? I mean, how's, how does play change? Um, I don't, I really don't have the answer to that question as far as like okay. if uh, tag will be allowed. Um, <laughs> but you're right. I think it's a great point, Seth, that play will be changed. Um, I'm sure there will be new games, new rules. I mean, kids are so resilient and they are going to think about how to play tag with maybe not touching. Um, I'm guessing that's probably going to be it, but I, I think that they will have to wear masks as much as possible. So they're going to be playing telepathy tag. I love it. Only at Waldorf. <laughs> Only at Waldorf. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. Is there anything else you want to ta- uh, share about um, about the uh, fall semester coming up in Waldorf? To what you were saying about that, you know, a lot of schools have, more traditional schools have a subject that's just recess. They get 30 minutes outside. Um, if it's raining, it's canceled. Um, that is not what Waldorf is about. We have um, kind of rolling times. I think the kids are outside. It depends on what your class is. If you're, you know, first grade, I know that um, our kids last year were out, they started their day outside for about 30 to 45 minutes. So they have multiple times. So recess isn't just a thing. It's actually more of the, the educational lifestyle. Um, it's built into the pedagogy of um, learning outside and, and creating that social structure outside. It's not just seated because, um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how now that we're, we're swinging the pendulum to mm-hmm. outdoor outdoor more outdoor time i mean they've got a pretty long walk up to the building i mean these kids are going to be super active um i think they're going to be good and tired at the end of the day so tired and happy is always the goal (laughs) excellent well part of uh coffee connections uh is to talk about the insights and you are an innovator you've i mean work i've i've had the pleasure of working with you uh this past spring we had an amazing auction planned yeah, we, and we were able to execute it totally differently. And yeah. um, it took some time and then it happened. And um, I, I'd just like you to share uh, some of the some of the, what's going on with fundraising uh, with Waldorf and what have you done to make some changes? Let's just kind of get in a conversation and a dialogue. And again, I'm hoping that those that are tuning in uh, that are struggling and asking questions on their own, what they can do for fundraising, maybe this, this will get you thinking about what others have done and what you might work for you. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's the cool thing about um, fundraising, uh, whether you're fundraising for a school or a small nonprofit or a large nonprofit, is we can all share this information about what's working. Um, once we take out, I know that a big deal for fundraising is in-person events. I mean, we all love to gather, you know, listen to some music, you know, have a nice little uh, cocktail party or uh, you know there's all kinds of things that we love to do i think the auction was the perfect example it's we call it the party of the year um we don't pretty much all everybody comes to this so as but many people as possible hmm? you're, what you're saying though is is it's community like the auction isn't just raising money but it's a chance for community for these parents yeah. of these children that maybe go through year after year after year to actually get a chance to know each other outside of just maybe like you said, doing one of the work days or whatnot. A lot right. of these parents don't get a chance to meet each other in a social environment like the auction. It's so there's such a value there. I agree. And I, and I think you probably see it in, in what you do is these people get to come together and they have a great time once a year, <laughs> which is wonderful when we can do that. So kind of taking that off the map of we're not doing in-person events. How do you get people together? How do you get people excited about their organization? How do you get them connected? Um, I know we're all, we use a ton of screen time, but um, I think Seth, you and I, we really bounce each other, bounce a ton of ideas off each other. Um, as we were saying, as we were figuring out, okay, there's no in-person auction, you know, wonderful. We had planned all these wonderful cocktails and entertainment and everything beautiful auction items, um, amazing experiences. How are we going to sell these? How are we going to get people together and get excited? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we came up with a pretty good, uh, a few pretty good ideas. Uh, we did two things. We did a virtual auction. It wasn't just a one-time 
uh, auction that was just a Saturday night from you know seven to nine, kind of the same thing. It was more of a stretched out over five days. Um, started on a Thursday night and ended on a Tuesday night. We had a, a launch thing and then, so we launched it online so everybody could see all the items online. If you'd bid on it, um, kind of take your time with it. We had a little cocktail special of like delivered cocktails. So that was kind of an in-person thing um, that people could enjoy as they, they bid on items and, you know, had cocktail hour and maybe looked, looked at, browse some shopping items. Um, and then Saturday night, uh, actually it was, no, it was a Saturday that we did a on-campus drive-through. We have some really beautiful uh, pieces of art and uh, we call them class projects. So every class is responsible for creating a really cool project. And usually they're gorgeous pieces of art. There's a lot of handmade furniture, um, some paintings, some handmade um, wall hangings and quilts and like really gorgeous things that are hard. If you're looking at a screen and things are about this big, you're like, how beautiful is that when it's this big? So we decided to invite people to campus. They had to stay in their cars. Um, Seth, you were there, so you can talk to everybody's excitement about being back on campus. They were like, woohoo! Um, so they drove through campus, um, kind of down and around. We had um, we had prizes at the front. Don't forget that, right? Oh yeah, right. we had a, so one of our amazing parents makes a, a kombucha drink. So we were handing out cold kombuchas. We were handing out a, so we had, you know, there was kind of toilet paper shortage. So we wanted to bring a smile to people's face and say, have some toilet paper on us, um, drive through, talk to some teachers. It, we kept it really, really distant. So I think there was like 15 to 20 feet between everybody, um, each project. Um, if, if not more. And then you also had the FM transmitter. Okay. So you had uh, Ian Schumacher, maker, Mark, I always rest his last name. I feel Mocker. Mocker. Okay. Did yep. I did it right. Yeah. So Ian's a, a Grammy musician, like, uh, and he, so he played play music for everyone uh, yeah. as they're driving their cars. And then, then, then people also kind of hang out in their cars, almost like a drive-in after for a little bit. Yeah. They pulled around because um, you and Ian were kind of at the bottom of the, the lane, the carpool lane. So people kind of pulled around on their cars and they, they had, you know, it was a hot day. So whether the windows were up or down, the AC well, was on. Well, I like I got in someone's car and uh, talked to somebody else in the car, and we were listening to you guys playing, bantering, and playing music, and it was just a really fun time. Um, it was, and the kids had popsicles. You had popsicles for the kids, which yeah. uh, you know that helped to cool it off a little bit. But yeah. I thought uh, it it really brought a sense of community to to folks that were coming through. Yeah, they, mind you, remember. These kids didn't haven't seen their teachers in weeks. They, you know, they, yeah. it was like rip. You know, we'll, we'll see you in a week. We'll see you in a month. We're not going to see you. I mean, it was yeah. It, it was a way in a way to deal with some trauma. You know, emotional trauma yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, and it, and it did bring a lot of light. Uh, you know, to be able to show those auction items and and it just brought joy to people to to have something to do. Yeah. You know, to yeah. drive through like that and have something to do. Um, so that that was that was very successful. And, and what was the feedback you got from some of the parents that came through? <laughs> I loved that. I loved it. It was so much fun that one of the actually I heard this from a few people. They said, you know what? This is so much fun to come to campus um, and be able to see all the auction proje projects as a preview. Can we do this next year? Can we do this every year? Um, so one of the things about our auction projects is the kids have some sort of involvement with either making a piece of it or actually making 
a large portion of it, but the kids never get to see the, the completed auction items. So it actually involved our, um, our kids in the whole auction process um, of kind of full, seeing it full circle. So they actually saw the, the painting and that their fingerprints were the leaves on the trees. Um, so those kind of things. So I, I got to hear a lot of great feedback from that side of people wanted to do it again. And I think if we can gather next year and we're actually having an in-person auction, I would be more than happy to put that together. It was just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a neat thing about the, you know, the silver linings and whatnot, but uh, really like these, the, the changes that we've had to make, mm -hmm. they're not just, they're not just like small changes that go, you know, you do once and you're gone. They, we were changing the way we think, we're changing the world we live in. Mm -hmm. And, and and it's interesting because every year, like, what are we going to do different for the auction? Well, now you have no, you know, now you've got like, oh, I never even thought about doing it that way. And right. and then and and I love the story of the kids, like, you know, not being able to see the auction items until now. Like, right. that's I'm like, oh wow, there's value there, and there's also value on the auction items when those kids see them. <laughs> that's right, because then the parent, the kids are like, look, mom, there's my my fingerprint, or I made this part of it, and. So the parents are like, oh, I need to get that. So it, it might help with the bidding and helping raise the bidding. Um, I just feel like okay. having a, so we had a, a, a auction platform, um, online platform. So, you know, people can come in and it, it's very pretty. Um, and, but, and you could have beautiful descriptions of everything, but truly I feel like shopping, it's like shopping on eBay. That's a very impersonal way of experiencing something and you don't really get the sense of, what something is until you see it live in person. Um, so I think that's that's more what our school is about is um, experiencing our community in person and experiencing mm -hmm. um, the items in person. So I think it, it helped raise the, the excitement if we didn't have an in-person event, even though it was a very highly controlled in-person event, yeah. even though it helped. But and then, and then uh, that that closing night, uh, we did the live auction or live auction. We did a live mm -hmm. event, if you will, through yeah. Zoom. Um, what was what were some of the that you you know? Why don't you share a little bit about what was done there? Sure. And most importantly, how did it go? Did it raise money? Did it raise the money that you expected? Did it raise the money you needed? And it, did it give the? Uh, did it solve the problem of uh, connecting community? Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I was, uh, and it, you and I, Seth, worked on dreaming up what we can do on Zoom together um, and bring how to bring the community together. And so I think our, our team of uh, you, me, Ian Schumacher and uh, Darla, who was like, we were like the four people that put it all together. We were like, okay, well, we all love music. We've got a musician in hand. Uh, we've got this amazing auctioneer, Seth, um, who's like, I can, I can hold the mic and I can make this party happen. So I'm like, I got a musician, I got an awesome auctioneer. What can we do? Let's do an, uh, so we did a auction finale dance party. Um, so we had to think about, I don't remember how many people, I want to say around 60-ish. 60,000? 60,000. <laughs> I think it maybe it was maybe 60 to 70 people tuned in, at least that many screens. There were multiple people in the screen, so it was kid-friendly. We made sure it was very kid-friendly. We started at a decent hour, so kids, it was before bedtime, but after dinner time. Um, and we did, uh, uh, what was it? We did a music bingo, and so that was a lot of fun where Ian played a song, and then people are, are guessing the songs, and Seth, you 
you kind of confirmed what they were. I think you gave a few hints, but it, you kept the energy going. And that was really no puns. Fun. No, I didn't throw any puns in there. No, not at all. Never. <laughs> um, but it was really fun to have an, an event where people could kind of pop in, pop out. They could play bingo. They could leave. But most people stayed for the whole time. Mm -hmm. It lasted a, well, I don't know, a little over an hour. We actually ended up extending the auction by an hour because we were having so much fun. Um, the auction, I think, was supposed to end at 8 p.m., but we we're like, we're still having, we're playing music, we're having fun, we'll close it at 8.30. So that was the time that basic the online auction closed. So from a recap, um, we put a goal of $20,000 for this entire auction. It was a, the five-day auction. Um, we were just thrilled that we made $25,000. So we exceeded the, the goal of, uh, by $5,000. And I just didn't know where we would land. So I'm just thrilled that that was the... How much money do we need? Uh, well, we need as much as possible. Well, what, 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 what would be good? Anything. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing is all of the proceeds of this auction um, from the, the live piece to basically all of it went back to Waldorf families. Um, it was the COVID uh, tuition assistance fund. So people who were struggling to send their kid, they knew that they were impacted. Yeah. They were going to be struggling to send their kid to school next year. We want to keep our community strong. We want to keep these people with us because we love mm -hmm. them and we, we love their families. We love their kids. Um, so we did what we can to give it back to the families to make sure that they could come back. Mm -hmm. So, Well, yeah. that's amazing. And as as that and that was the end of the spring semester. Now, here we are. You know, it's August, right? I mean, yeah, sure. It's like July something, but it's it's pretty yeah, much August. They're like a day or two away. Right. School's about to start. The fall's about to roll in. Numbers are going to be down because class sizes are down. Right. There's a huge change. And a lot of these parents are, are probably getting help, like you just mentioned, from uh, because it's needed now. The, I mean, a lot of us, especially uh, in the uh, event industry, are eventless. And so there's right. no income. And we're, we're all struggling. We know the situation. Yeah. My, what questions is Waldorf facing moving into the fall for fundraising? And and what are some of the things that you're talking about uh, possibly doing and, and shifting to be able to raise the necessary funds? Because I imagine funds are still needed, correct? Oh, yeah. Um, always. <laughs> we always want to have very strong uh, tuition assistance. We always want to be able to um, maintain you know the, the, the beauty of our school and make sure that everybody is um, paid well and, um, you know, really being able to maintain the level of the school and the, the education that uh, without having to make any cuts. So, um, you know, I look at my job as essential to creating that, that framework. So any and every single dollar that I raise goes into the school. I don't want to say I raise, but we collectively as a school raise. So um, kind of the, the things that I'm working on, looking at annual fund, it's that, that annual ask of our uh, current families, alumni parents, or yeah, alumni families, and also current grandparents, and anyone else out in the community to say, now is the time, um, give what you can. There are people who give very generously, um, and then there's also people who um, give generously on a smaller level too. So it's that that annual ask that it's necessary. Um, we, we build this piece into our budget, so I'm working on planning that. Um, we also have a really cool program. Um, it's basically a way, it's called Georgia Goal. Um, 
It's a way to give to the school with your tax liability. I know I just said the word tax and everybody's like, bye. Um, but it's a way to basically create your tax, give the tax liability to the state and then it comes back to the school in a uh, scholarship fund, tuition assistance funds the following year. And it also comes back to you in a refund. So if you give $1,000 to the school, um, you commit this, you actually pay the state. And then the next year you get the $1,000 refund back and the school gets $1,000. That's that in a nutshell. I just did my taxes uh, three weeks ago and saw it full circle. And I'm. it, it sounds better like it sounds almost too good to be true, but it actually happened. And I was like, wow, I just got all that money back. And then the school got that exact same amount. So I'm working on launching that. It's called Georgia Goal. Um, and then just preparing for how to build community. Um, since we're not, our community has so many ways that we gather. So um, on a regular basis. So how do we do that um, safely? Um, and if we're not doing it in person, how do we continue to do that? So those are the things that I'm working on and trying to wrap my head around. Well, I look forward to wrapping my head around with some, some of those with you because yeah, definitely. Uh, there's definitely a lot of ways to go about it uh, with yeah. our wonderful community. Um, do you think, uh, or do you, do you see other organizations doing a lot more, um, or let's change it. Let me change the question. Do you, is there any organization you see doing something that you're, that you'd want to share that you find to be extremely innovative? And I'd have you prep this question, so it's okay if you don't have anything. Um, you know, I think every organization out there, I'm on a lot of lists because I'm networking all the time. So I, I do see some really great, great um, organizations out there doing great work, um, locally especially. Um, I think that's the key. But I, I've heard that the Giving Kitchen is doing amazing work. And so I, I think you should look into them. Well, it's funny you say that because I always uh, end our show. Always, it's our first show, but I always like to end by asking our guest, who should be the next guest? And you're yeah. saying Giving Kitchen. All right. Well, yeah. you know what? I will reach out to them and I will see if they will give a little bit of their kitchen time to us. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're an Atlanta organization, so that would be wonderful. So thanks for the suggestion. Uh, sure. And is there anything else Waldorf-wise before we close you uh, – want to share or say? Um, no, I mean, I really feel like we covered a lot of ground. I mean, for those of you that have been here from the beginning, you heard a little history. You heard what the, the, the parties that we threw uh, last, let's see, it was May. I mean, so we, we've kind of walked you through the last six months and where we're going. So, um, you know, please uh, keep your fingers crossed and say your prayers to make sure that, you know, everything goes uh, super smoothly and safely as we, enter into school and exactly actually two weeks from tomorrow is when we're starting school. So uh, keep us in your thoughts, uh, cheer us on, check our Facebook page. Actually, oh yes, there was an amazing article about um, Waldorf education and how uh, one of the interesting things about Waldorf is that we keep the teacher and the teacher stays with the class every year. So starting in first grade, second, third, fourth, all the way through eighth grade, this teacher is there their rock, their, you know, their school cornerstone, their touchstone. So um, it's actually one of the ways that helps reduce stress in a Waldorf environment education is that the teacher stays with us um, as the families and the kids. So um, if you're check out the Waldorf Facebook page, I think it was posted right around 11 o'clock. Um, it's probably right, right before this uh, live stream. So check out that article. It's really awesome and informative. 
Excellent. Well, thank you, Kathy, so much for uh, joining us today. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'll let everyone know Thursday, we'll be back this Thursday. I've got Josh Shire, Director of Development from JELF, which is a Jewish Educational Loan Fund, Thursday, mm. July 30th, right here. Uh, and then uh, Giving Kitchen should be coming up. Thanks for the suggestion. We've uh, we'll be re um, we'll be talking with some folks with the Fox Theater Institute as well. Okay. Uh, that that was recently uh, confirmed. And whoever these guests bring us, we'll bring you. So uh, thanks for tuning in, Kathy. Take care. Hopefully, uh, I'll see you uh, six feet distance. But I'll see you. Right. Is it six feet now, or do we did, did that get longer? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> six or eight uh, feet. I don't know. Uh, everyone stay healthy, stay well, and until the next time, Coffee Connections, I'm yeah. your Rock Chenier. Thanks, Kathy. Bye, everybody.